Don't be ignorant. These, are, these words are actually in the Bible. And this is actually the sermon series title that I have for the next few weeks. Don't be ignorant. Um, I'll get into it in just a little bit. What a crazy last 10 days, huh? Uh, so I know some of you are, are dealing with rebuilding, or let me, let me back that up, are dealing with demolition. Um, you're dealing with loss of power, dealing with potentially loss of water or, or, or lack of ac- accessibility. Um, it has been challenging. It has been challenging for some more than others. Uh, it has been challenging nonetheless. A lot of, I've been asked and I've been fielding a lot of questions as to what are we doing to help? And some of you received a text that we are looking for someone or we're looking for individuals who have or are interested in helping in leading and uh, organizing and putting some kind of a structure on how we can be of, of help. And so some have responded, some have asked me, hey, what does this mean? Uh, and so thank you for those that have responded. But if there's anybody here also, in addition to those that have, asked, uh, have um, responded, it's not that I don't want to involve you or I have, or I'm bypassing you, is I need a team. I don't need one person. Um, I need more than one. And so if, you're, if you have uh, the bandwidth, let me put it that way, to be able to help us coordinate efforts to help those that have suffered, because we have people even within our, com- our church community who are in need of help or may uh, ask for help or may have been too, I'm going to put it out there, prideful to ask for help. We're here to help. And so there is more coming to our church. There's more donations that are going to be coming. As I left here right, right after the announcements, there was another lady I had spoken with who owns a business here in Naples, and she dropped off a bunch of stuff already in the front door. And she said, I have another load coming. So... There is need out there, but I'll tell you this, I can't do this by myself. I won't do this by myself. I need your help. So if you have the bandwidth and are, are interested in being part of a team, of a, a coalition to, to organize and, you know, either it be people to go and help with tear down or build up or, or clean or whatever it may be. Or, or even to just to collect things so we can have it ready for distribution, please uh, come talk to myself um, or Danielle uh, or 
Marianne, I don't think she's here, um, or any of the elders, which are Kendall and Sharon and Linda and Dennis and Martine. Okay? We need, I need your help. That's why this, this couldn't be more apropos to have a sermon on spiritual gifts. And the, the series will be entitled, Don't Be Ignorant. Isn't that a little bit too harsh, Pastor? Um, no, it's not. I want to invite you uh, to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 real quick. I'm not going to give you the verse because, you know, sometimes, there it is, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses, it's not 1 through 12. Oh, yes, it is. And then I also have another verse that's coming up next. You know, no one likes to be called ignorant, right? No one wants to be ignorant. What I find interesting about this statement is that the Apostle Paul writes these exact words, I do not want you to be ignorant, or a variation of that, we don't want you to be ignorant, three times in the Bible in three different occasions for three different circumstances. One of them is found here in 1 Corinthians let me, let me just share this with you, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Pause. How many of you have read this text before and just really didn't allow these words to sink in? Concerning spiritual gifts, Paul is writing, I don't want you to be ignorant. I mentioned also earlier that he said three times in the Bible. The second time is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 where he's telling the congregation, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning my circumstances that I was almost at, at a point of death. So he wanted to let them know, he wanted to let them know that he was suffering. But in the third occasion is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Verse 13. Let's, let's look there. I do not want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep in. Okay, I got two people who are reading their Bibles. Or at least know the text. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 and 14, and that whole section deals with those who have fallen asleep in Christ. And Paul is saying, listen, I don't want you to be ignorant like those other people who don't know what happens after you die. Now, I want you to understand that when you die, 
in Jesus, he's going to come back in the clouds and he's going to raise you up and you're going to meet him in the sky. Amen. I, you know, we were, we were studying this uh, with the kids this morning in the baptismal class. And I asked them, are you guys afraid of dying? And they said, no. Well, why not? Because even if I die, Jesus is going to bring me back to life. Amen. See, a lot of people don't know that. That is why it is, Paul emphasizes this so much. Is I don't want you to be ignorant concerning this particular thing. But spiritual gifts all, don't always get the same focus and attention. It is just as important for us to understand that knowing how the, the, spiritual, uh, the gifts of the spirits function and how they're given out, it's just as crucial as we knowing what happens to us when we die when we look at the Pauline writings. Paul is so concerned that he uses the same language. I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. So let's, let's read here for a minute. All right? So where do we get this idea that spiritual gifts are even a reality? We have to kind of backtrack here a little bit. We have to backtrack here a little bit, and I don't have this on the screen. Matthew chapter 25. Keep your finger there in, Ma- in, in I, guess, I guess I do. Thank you, Daniel. Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 15. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Pause. Let's full stop here for a minute. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Let's look at the context. Jesus is telling a story. Now, where does this story fall? It falls right after Matthew chapter 24, which is known to be the, the, the chapter that talks about the second coming. Jesus, after explaining what happens in chapter 24, where, where he has telling people, listen, you're going to go through great tribulation. The temple is going to be destroyed. And, and, and no one knows the day or the hour of the, the, except the Father. He then goes on and begins to, to share some parables here in chapter 25, the parable of the ten, the wise and the foolish virgins, which will be a sermon for another time. And then you have now the, the parable of the talents. And we know that when Jesus usually tells a parable, and it starts with the kingdom of heaven is like, usually there's an association with himself. So when we look at, at, this, at this particular parable a man traveling to a far country this is jesus 
Jesus is about to leave. He's about to go back to, to heaven. And he called his servants and delivered the goods to them. Now, we don't have servants today, but, the, but Paul also addresses himself as a doulos, as a servant of the Most High God. He puts himself in the category of servants. Why? Because of the sacrifice that was given to him and that was made on his behalf. Because Jesus died for him, he considered himself to be a servant, and so should we who profess to believe in Jesus Christ. Because what a master tells his servants to do, we do. And this is what Jesus is saying. Let me translate this into a more contemporary language, if I may. For the kingdom of heaven is like a boss telling his, co- his, his, his employees that he's leaving and he's entrusting each one of those employees with particular responsibilities. Now, as an employee, if your responsibilities aren't met, you're going to have a visit with the boss when he comes back. And so he's, he's starting out this parable this way. And then he goes, And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. How many of his servants, so the Bible tells us that the, this, this man, he, he brought his servants together. How many servants did he have? Three. How many of, the, of his servants received a responsibility or a gift or a talent? All three. If we are to apply this, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples, he is not excluding anybody from receiving a gift. Therefore, all of you, all of us here, have a gift, a talent that God has given us. Some have one, some have two, some have five. We good? We all tracking? All right. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Pause. Did you know... That for you to believe in Jesus, you have to be led by the Spirit. I'm choosing my words carefully. For you to proclaim that you believe in Jesus, 
And to speak in that manner, you have to be led by the Spirit. Well, you, but you may be asking, well, Pastor, what, doesn't, doesn't uh, Paul also say that the fallen angels also state that they hear and believe in the name of the Lord Jesus and they tremble? Yes, they do. But the belief that I'm speaking about here is not just belief as a mental ascent, but as a corporate full embodiment of the word belief, which is a verb. It's not just something that you say, oh, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Full you know, academic mental ascent. But it's the belief that he, because he is the Son of God, I'm going to surrender my life to him, and I'm going to do whatever he asks me to do. That's belief. When I was nine years old, I was, I was, we had just arrived from Brazil. I barely spoke English. And our church, the college church, decided to go on a hike on a Sabbath afternoon excursion. The whole, the entire junior Sabbath school class, we dis, they decided to take us to Mount Monadnock. And I didn't know what to expect. I had never done anything like that before. And so we off we go to set on a hike. It's a two, I don't even remember. It's a four and a half hour hike from the, the base to the summit. And, and we would stop halfway to have lunch and then, half, and then climb up and then, then come. You know, it always takes longer to go up than to come down. So as we started making our way, I twisted and sprained my ankle halfway up the mountain. The entire group was, what do we do? And so because we had reached our halfway point, they said, okay, Art, you're going to stay down here with an adult while everybody else goes up to finish the trip because that's what they decided. And so they went up. And they came down. And they said, all right, let's go. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this going to work? Now, I was always tall for my age. So as a 9, 10-year-old, I was about 5 foot 4, between 5 foot 4 and 5 foot 6. One of the gentlemen came over and he said, Art, Ralph Gifford, he said, Art, you're going to get on the back of John and he's going to carry you all the way down the mountain. And I looked at John, uh, John Arroyo, some of you may remember him. He, he wasn't a very big man. And I looked at him and said, this, this guy can't carry me. And I started to freak out. I got on his back, and he started to go down. And in the first probably 200-foot descent from that point was pretty steep. And I'm looking over, and I'm freaking out because my head is going over his shoulder as he's going like this. And I'm starting to, to tense up, to scream, to yell. I'm, I'm having a panic attack. 
And by the way, I love heights, but I was scared to death that, as a 10-year-old being carried down a mountain on the back of somebody. And I remember Ralph, Mr. Ralph Gifford, because his son eventually went to school with me. He grabbed me by both arms and he said, shut up. And I was, in the way that he spoke to me, I, it caught me off guard. Now, I had learned enough English to understand. Not only body language, but also tone of voice. And, and the way he said it, he says, do you want to go home? And I said, Yes then you need to believe that he can carry you down. And I said, okay. Yes. And I got back on John's back. Mr. Arroyo's back. And I had to put my trust and belief that he was able to do that. You see, belief is not just saying, I, I believe. It's actually getting on somebody's back, going down a mountain, and trusting that they're going to take you to safety. This is what Paul is saying. If we speak, we are that Jesus is God, Jesus is, is Lord, no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, you have to be led by the Spirit to fully trust in Jesus. Do not raise your hands, but how many of you today are struggling in believing in Jesus? Let's be very real. When a hurricane comes through, everybody's crying out, oh God, help us. But what about afterwards? Let's continue. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Here's my favorite part. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of himself. No? You sure? You got the wrong Bible. Or do I have the wrong Bible? But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of myself. I'm the one who's going to benefit from this. I'm the one believing in and being led by the Spirit, right? No. It's for the common good, for all, for everybody. You see, the gifts are being given so that we can bless each other. It is not a, it's not a gift that you, 
You know, you know that little song that we sung or most of us sang when we were little kids? I'm going to let, let it shine, let it shine. Put it under a, bush, a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. The purpose of us allow, being allowed to, to, to even participate in worship, to, to, to preach the gospel, to help the poor, to help whatever it is needed, that is given for the benefit of all. When I help somebody, who is the one that's being blessed the most? It's the person being the blessing. Sure, it feels great to receive. It feels great to be helped out. But the greatest blessing is when you help your neighbor. When you are the blessing that they need. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts. So Paul continues, For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another workings of miracles, another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individual as he, what do you have? Desires, decides, wills, right? Even the gifts that you have are not yours of your own choosing. You have been given gifts that God has given you that are part of your personality, that are part of who you are, that God has built you that way for the purpose of edifying the church. That's what the gifts of the spirits is about. It's not about coming up here and saying, look at how good I look, or how good I sing, or how good I speak. Jesus said, if you're going to give let one hand not know what the other hand gives. The purpose of the, the gifts of the Spirit is so we edify the body because He has given us those spirit, those gifts. You see, it's not just the pastor, and, 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 and I'm not saying this because I am your pastor, but I am. The work of the gospel and its success is 90% dependent upon you. You. You who are sitting down. I can help coordinate. I can help, help you discover your gift. I, I, can, I can mobilize. But it is your responsibility because it's the church. And who are the church? It's us collectively. The purpose of these gifts is for you and I to be a blessing, not one person. In the book, Christ Object Lessons, I found this, and I found it really interesting. Christ's followers have been redeemed for service. By living to minister for others, man is brought into connection with Christ. 
the law of service becomes the connecting link which binds us to God and to our fellow man. You see, it's when we get down deep in the trenches, when we show up at your doorstep and you're like, I, didn't, I don't need any help, but we're here to help you. It's when you come to somebody and say, hey, what, what's, what do you need? How can I bless you today? Can I pray for you? That's what it means to exercise the gifts that God has given you. How many of you here know what gift you have? Not everybody raised their hands. How many of you didn't even know you had a gift? Or how many of you even don't know that you have one? I'm telling you, you have one. All of you have a gift. All of you. Today, I just wanted to let you know that you have a gift. You have a gift that its, in, its purpose is designed to help build the church and to be a blessing. We're going to discover, you're going to discover your gifts as we move forward. We're going to talk about what, what does it take for me to develop these gifts. I don't want you to be ignorant. That sound a little bit better now? I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the gifts that God has given you because I want you to live to your fullest potential. I want you to live to the potential that God has built you to be. Live to the potential that he has dreamed you to live and reach because that is how we fulfill God's will. That is how we understand his purpose. That is how we will be able to grow the kingdom by not being ignorant. May God bless you.